The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Well, welcome to the Como Sports End Zone Podcast. This guy needs no introduction. My guest today, very special guest, the great Rick Cruz, <laughs> as he looks around. How you doing, sir? I'm fine, Nico. How are you, buddy? Beautiful day out for baseball. We're at a ballpark, the most beautiful ballpark in America. I feel good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll tell you this, yeah. too. I always say this when we do some kind of live interview on Como. I'm always like one of my favorite people in the world. And I do mean that. Oh, I respected well, you, you for so long. And then Appreciate when that. I got to Seattle, you really took me in like you knew me forever. And you, you knew me for a few days. Well, you, you were the new kid on the block at the time. And, uh, you know, I was the new kid on the block 41 years ago. <laughs> Dave Dehaus took me in. He took care of me, took me under his wing. So it's nice to have somebody always there for you. I'm there for you. And so is this organization. The fans, the greatest baseball fans in the world. So welcome to Seattle. And you're doing a great job, I too. appreciate that. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's yeah. been two years, which is not. How about that? It's not 41. It by fans, I hope man. I can be at a 41 oh, one day. Oh, man. That would be great. Oh, man, it's been fun. It's been a great journey. It's been so much fun. And I will say, just for anybody listening, watching, one of my favorite things is the story Eric did on you back in the fall that really kind of oh, chronicled man. your time. I probably watch that once every couple of weeks or so. <laughs> it just, again, I respect you, but it's just yeah. such a wonderful story, and I relate to it because I feel like I'm lucky to do this every day as well. Yeah, I'm living my dream. You know, uh, all you folks have seen uh, the movie Sandlot, and that was the story of my life, Nico. You know, as a kid growing up on the south side of Chicago, uh, we moved into our house for a $16,000 home back in the late 1950s that my mom and dad bought. And we were fortunate that we had this field behind our house and we turned it into our sandlot. And there were 20 homes on one side of the street, 20 on the other side. So I had a lot of friends, you know, my age, younger than me, a little older than me. My brother was three years older than me. And we always had enough kids to play baseball every day. So that sandlot was our Wrigley Field growing up. That sandlot was our Comiskey Park growing up. The Cubs and the White Sox and North Side, South Side. I grew up on the South Side. And I had a blast. And um, I, that's where I learned to, and fall in love with the game of baseball. Even the dog. Remember the dog in yeah. Sandlot? Yes. Hercules? <laughs> this huge, ferocious dog, but he was a cream puff at the end of the movie, you know? <laughs> and he took all the baseballs. Well, we had Mo, the German Shepherd, and his backyard just happened to be near third base. And anytime a foul ball, went into his backyard. It was my job, Nico, to jump over the fence, get the ball, throw it back onto the sandlot, jump over the fence, keep playing until Mo got me because that was the only <laughs> baseball we had. You know, we had to keep playing with that thing. And I did it every time. He said, one time I'm jumping over the fence and Mo bit me right in my backside. <laughs> Fortunately, I had new, brand new Levi's on and it, it was okay. And I fell across the fence and kept playing. So, wow. But that's, uh, that's what, what it was like back in the 1950s, early 60s, growing up as a kid. What has this baseball life done for you? And certainly, like you say, oh. like it's been all these years, but you still, yeah. like your kid on Christmas morning when you come here every day. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a kid every day. I, I, I'm living my dream. I hope everybody out there can say that they're living their dream. Um, this is what I want to do ever since I was 12 years old. Nico, when I was 12, I wrote Jack Brickhouse a letter. He was the longtime Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Chicago Cubs. And I used, remember watching on TV, but especially listening on the radio to Jack Brickhouse and Lou Boudreau and Lloyd Pettit, Jimmy West, who did the Cub games, Bob Elson at night, who did the White Sox games. I had the best of both worlds. I had the Cubs during the day. I had the White Sox at night. I'd come home, you know, at in the afternoon, and my mom would be watching the Cub games on this little black and white television set in the kitchen. 
and she loved Ernie Banks and Ron Santo and Billy Williams. Then I would go downstairs and turn down, turn on the TV, turn down the sound, and pretend I was Jack Brickhouse and do play by play. So uh, that's how I got started. So when I was 12 years old, I wrote Mr. Brickhouse a letter, and he took the time to write me back. Wow. And I asked him, "How do I want to be a major league broadcaster just like you? How do I do it?" And he, he wrote me this wonderful letter. And fast forward, you know, I went high school. I played baseball in high school. Went to Southern Illinois University. Played ball in the JV team there for two and a half, three years. Majored in radio and TV. Got out of college. Got a job in the minor leagues, eight years in the minors. And then I got to Seattle. Dave Niehaus hired me in 1983. So spring training of 1983, we go to Mesa to play the Cubs in a spring game. And who happens to be at the ballpark? Jack Brickhouse. He had been retired for two years. Harry Carey was doing the games for the Cubs along with uh, Milo Hamilton. And Dave goes, there's, there's your hero. Go talk to him. Go talk to him. So I go, oh, he's busy. He was signing autographs. This is before the ball game. We were just setting up the equipment with Kevin Kremen and Dave. But eventually, Mr. Brickhouse came up to the press box, and Dave goes, go talk to him. So I did. I introduced myself. I said, Mr. Brickhouse, you don't remember this. This is 1983 now. But when I was 12 years old, back in 1965, I wrote you a letter. And you wrote me back. He says, really? He says, what are you doing? I said, because of you. I'm the new announcer for the Seattle Mariners. I'm going to do today's game between the Mariners and the Chicago Cubs. He said, I wrote you a letter. I said, yes, you did. Thank you very much. It was very inspirational. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Because of you, I'm here today. And he gave me a big hug. So he was my hero. I got a chance to meet my hero. And like we talked about earlier, I'm living my dream, you know, for the last 49 years because I spent eight years in the minor leagues and 41 years in the big leagues, all because I fell in love listening to the game on the radio in the afternoon, the Cubs games, the White Sox at night. My dad would come home. And so I wanted to be that voice coming out of the radio, and I'm living my dream. So I tell kids everywhere I go, hey, find out what your passion is. Find out what you love. Find out what you want to do, you know, in life, and go do it. I said, you could do it. The only is one person that's going to stop you, and that's, that's yourself. So I'm, I'm very, very blessed. You know, and I just think there's something special about baseball that kind of fosters those stories. It's nothing like that, but I have a quick one. You know, my, my wife is a Chicago girl, grew up a huge yeah. Cubs fan. So her father, he's got an amazing story. He was born and raised in Afghanistan. He was on the national wrestling and soccer team. Really? The Soviets invade. They're like, you're on our team now. And he said, no, I'm not. And he flees, uh, flees from Mexico where he meets her mother. Oh, they get married, moved to story. Chicago where he works in the factories and all that. So he was a big Cubs fan from the start. Being the super athlete that he was, there was some story that the family tells that he had a tryout with the Cubs. I'm not quite sure the specifics of that. Wow. But here's the story part of it is that he died in September of 2016. As you know, about a month later, they finally won that World Series. Yes. And so I was doing TV in Syracuse. My wife and I were married about 18 months. And about when I was trying to finish my sports cast, and it's right when that 17-minute rain delay happened, right before yes. extra innings. Nope. And so that delay, as brief as it was, just 17 yeah. minutes, it gave me just enough time to get in the gar car, go home, and watch it with my wife, and obviously super emotional, just given what had happened with our family at that time. I just, oh, And I think goodness. it's baseball more than any other sport. And certainly I think he's partially responsible for that rain delay. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's baseball lends itself yeah. to stories like that, and you meeting your hero right after you would achieve yeah. that life goal, you know? Yeah, I think my mother up in heaven probably made it rain too for 17 minutes for Jason Hayward to have that speech he gave to the team of the clubhouse there before they came back on the field against Cleveland after Rajay Davis hit that home run to, to tie it, and then the Cubs would come back. And finally, it was their first World Series win in, in 108 years. Crazy. And Jack Brickhouse 
once said, uh, you know, hey, anybody can have a bad century. And uh, <laughs> the Cubs, if you were a Cub fan like my mother was and like uh, your father-in-law and your family, uh, you, you live and die with your team. They're your team, you know. They're part of your fabric of your family and your neighborhood and where you grew up and everything. So that was really special for so many people in Chicago. We're going we're gonna to do that here. We're going to get fans to the World Series and win it one day real soon. Think about and that's the, that was the next thing I was going to say. Think about what that moment will mean for people. Oh. I mean, even just ending the playoff drought, I don't want to say just yeah. because it was two decades, but how euphoric this city was. Imagine oh. when they take those next few steps. It was incredible. I can still see Cal Raleigh hitting that home run off of Domingo Acevedo and hitting the home run off the windows of the Hit It Here Cafe here at T-Mobile Park on September 30th of last year. And the, it was uh, a 20-year drought came to an end. The previous, you know, postseason was 2001, the year, Nico, that they set a franchise and a major league record with 116 wins. Nobody knew what this young man was going to do from Japan that year. Became one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Ichiro, Rookie of the Year, American League MVP, and Brett Boone had a fantastic year. Everybody had a fantastic year. You know, 2001, Paul Abbott won 17 games as our number four starter, and it just continued. But you never know. That's the beauty of the game of baseball. You never know what's going to happen. you got to play 162 ball games to figure this thing out. It's a journey every year, and we're on a journey here in Seattle. So uh, that was special in Chicago, and it's going to be really special when it happens here in Seattle, buddy. I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah it's uh... – it just—it really is a baseball town, and I know the yes. other teams do really well, but there's just something special about this, not just this team, but the way the people feel about this team. It's theirs, yeah. and they really can't wait for that moment. It's going to be amazing. You know, there were a number of years, of course, where we didn't draw very well in the kingdom. It wasn't a great ballpark, but it became our ballpark in 1995, you know, when we had such a, a great season. We finally made it to the playoffs. And instead of drawing 12,000 or 14,000 fans, all of a sudden, as the Mariners made that run in September, Junior finally came back after being out for three months with a shattered wrist on May 28th of, of that year. Junior came back in the middle of, uh, middle of August, and we kept winning. The Angels kept losing. All of a sudden, we're drawing 20,000 fans, 30,000 fans, 40, 50,000 fans, 56,000 fans. In September, we played the Texas Rangers you couldn't even hear yourself think. I was yelling at Dave Niehaus sitting right next to me about so-and-so's warming up in the bullpen, you know, because we couldn't hear each other. So uh, it was exciting. Uh, that was our home for a while. And then uh, we moved into the most beautiful ballpark in America right yeah. here. But it'll, it'll happen for this team, and it'll happen for the fans. And Dave always told me, you know, when during the lean years, he said, we just need to give these fans something to go crazy about, to get excited about. And thank goodness it happened in 1995. Yeah, no question about that. And and that you're good. And you know that's something that really stands out to me. Like, listen, so far I understand fans are frustrated at the moment. Their results. We're talking about just specifically this season. Yeah. But that's just it with baseball. Nobody saw all those wins in a row yeah. in August. Nobody saw 14 games in a row last year. Yeah. It can just happen at any time. So, I mean, I'm not saying, like, listen, I get it. Fans are going to be frustrated when things aren't going well. That's that's every fan in every sport in the world. Exactly. But just hang on a minute because this is this team especially, you never know. You never know. Nobody knew that the ball club was going to go out and win 116 games in 2001. In 1995, Nico, we were 13 games out of first place on August the 1st with two months to go. That was the largest comeback, third largest comeback in baseball history in that short period of time. 
but that's the beauty of the game of baseball. Nobody figured the Mariners last year when they were 10 games under 500 at 29 and 39 on June 19th would win 22 out of 25 and 14 in a row during that stretch leading up into the All-Star break or go 61 and 34 over the last 95 games, but they did it. That's why you have to play the games. The guys in that clubhouse, they're not quitting. Uh, they believe in themselves, and I think they're going to turn around again. You never know. you got to play the games, and I still believe in this ball club and every guy in that clubhouse. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the things that stood out to me last year especially, and it's a lot of the same guys, is they just have that personality. And, and yeah. even when – you know, they were 10 games below 500 in June last year. Yeah. You know, there was that little spark of a fight. But, like, yeah. you know, there's just something. Winker, ab- <laughs> the angel, all by himself, walked over to the dugout. Wasn't a good idea, but, eh, you know, got, got the ball club going. He got some shots in, too. That yeah. one angle is like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that's just it. Like, there was just this something with this team that when you talk to them, not that any pro ball players are ever going to say we're out of it, but this right. team, you, you can feel it. You don't have to ask them. No. You can kind of see it. Yeah. No, you see it. You see it in their walk. You see it in their eyes. You know, and, uh, you know, baseball is a really tough game. Yeah, you know, no matter how good or bad you are, you know you're going to win 60 and lose 60. If you're the best team in baseball, the worst team in baseball. It's what you do with 42 ball games. You know, that's what it really boils down to. And this club is pretty much the same club with some additions, you know, than last year's team. Unfortunately, they lost Robbie Ray after his first start. Marco Gonzalez was 4-1 and one when he got hurt. He's been out for a long time. Uh, without uh, Munoz in the bullpen, he was out for two months. But those young pitchers that came up have done a great job. Gabe Spire, uh, Taylor Saucedo, Justin Topa, now uh, Ty Adcock. You know, everybody's hanging in there until they, they right this ship and get it going in the right direction. They're going to do that. And Scott Service, as far as I'm concerned, I've said it many times, should have been the American League manager of the year the last two years, yeah. you know, for what he did. Because they were so close two years ago, Nico a game or two away from getting to the playoffs in 2021 and then finally made it to the playoffs you know last year and did a heck of a job going to Toronto and beating the Blue Jays sweeping that best of three series winning four to nothing and then winning 10 to eight in that huge comeback they were down by seven eight runs eight to one and came back and won the second game so that's the beauty of this game of baseball it's never over till it's over. Thank you, Yogi Berra. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, first of all, I do love that line. <clears throat> I do um, too. So here's another line for you. So what I know, and I, lo- and I love this game and I always have, but what I know about baseball is checkers compared to you playing chess for how much you've seen. Yeah. And so, but the reason I say that is even just for me, like when I look at a guy like Scott Service, I see a manager that really lets his players' personalities come out yeah. and really um, has just a great approach to things. What, what do you think makes Scott the kind of manager that was able to have that turnaround the last two years and, and maybe could lend itself to a turnaround this year. Yeah, I think he, number one, lets his coaches coach, and they do a lot of coaching because it's such a, a, really a young team. It's still one of the youngest teams in the American League. But they've got a lot of talent here, and you've got to let these guys play. You've got to let them figure things out, and he does that. You know, even during the tough times, you got to let the pitchers figure out how to get through that lineup for the third time. You know, you got 100 pitches. How deep? Can you use those 100 pitches? He does a fantastic job with Pete Woodworth and Trent Blank and now Stephen Vogt to uh, work that bullpen, which was has been one of the best in baseball the last two years and is outstanding again this year. You've got to understand when to give guys a, a day off, you know, because you can't pitch a guy three days in a row. You get, He does such a good job at managing today's game, obviously, to try to win, but also for tomorrow's game and the next game and the next series and the next week. 
and you have to have that that confidence knowing that okay I got to shut down maybe one or two maybe three guys in the bullpen here's what I have to go with today uh, he's into the analytics but he's also a baseball guy played the game at the highest level college pros minor leagues had a fine career in the big leagues he's a catcher so right away he knows you know the ins and outs of running a ball game so I think the X's and O's he obviously knows that knows his players knows how to use them when to use them put him in the right spot, the right position to win, knows when to give a guy a day off when he needs it. All those things, you know, combine to make an outstanding manager, and, and he's been an outstanding manager for a long time, and he's going to continue to be an outstanding manager. You know, and I agree. First of all, I have to say, some of my favorite clips of Scott's service that you see circling online is him hum hugging McGuire after home run 62 and 98. Yeah, and he that, was there. Yeah, yeah and, he was um, catching. He was catching, exactly. <laughs> he didn't quite get to his glove that time. But um, Yeah, he didn't catch it. <laughs> and then um, there's a clip, I want to say roughly 2001 maybe, Maybe off on the air where Jerry Depoto actually strikes him out when Jerry's relieving yeah. for the Rockies. Yeah. I just think that they became really good friends. And that's with, just with it. The Rockies. And they've really kind of built something really yeah. cool here. The other thing I like too about him, and we could talk about Scott for a long time, is yeah. during batting practice, you know, he'll walk around and visit with the guys just to find out where they're at. He gets to know them. And and then I go back to spring training. Every day at spring training, they have this nine o'clock meeting where he introduces one or two of the guys, especially the new guys, to get up and kind of interviews them and talks about them and their lives and their journey uh, and also about their tribulations and their trials. Uh, you know, how did you make it here and things like that. So every guy in the room, there were 78 guys at spring training, gets to know that guy. They're not just a ball player with a number on their back. They're a teammate, and they go to bat for him. They go to war with him every day because they know them. And then once the season starts, he does the same thing. And I'll see him out there talking with Jared Kelnick, talking with everybody, and especially the relievers. What do you got for me tonight, you know? So now he's prepared, goes in that dugout with Pete Woodworth, Trent Blank, Stephen Vogt now out in the bullpen and knows, okay, I can use this guy for a, I got to bring him in face three guys now with the yeah. new rule, when I can use him or if I can't. So that that's one of the coolest things I've seen any manager do as far as getting to know his club. When you know your team, you get a chance to manage, and he does a great job at that. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, and I, first, I love when he, he's throwing BP out there, too. It's yeah, always, he's doing that, like too. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Hey, you know what? We got something really cool coming up, obviously. And, and, and yeah. obviously, we all know about the festivities with the All-Star Game and everything that comes with it, the Home Run Derby, yeah. Celebrity Game, you know, some new things coming in this year with the HBCU, Swingman Classic, yeah. and really great things. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's something different, just like we've said, about with a baseball All-Star game as opposed to any other league. And that's no disrespect to say the NBA or NHL All-Star game. There's right. just something different this about that midsummer classic, right? Oh, this is the best. Yeah. You know, uh, the other sports, uh, you get a chance to see the stars, but they're out there. It's really an exhibition. These guys go at it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot on the line. Bragging rights, who's the best in the American League, who's the best in the National League. And it's right there in the middle of the season. They're not exhausted or anything and uh, it, it's a treat for the fans. Arch Ward had one of the greatest ideas in the history of this game. He was a sports writer in Chicago back in 1933 and he said let's get the best in the American League against the best in the National League. Let's play an exhibition game and they did in July of 1933 at Old Comiskey Park in Chicago and the American League won that game 4-1. to one. Babe Ruth of course hit a home <laughs> run because he's Babe Ruth 
And then, uh, you know, it's, it's history. History comes to your city. It came here in 1979, came here in 2001. Now it's coming back here in 2023. It's history. Last time we played here in 2001, we honored Cal Ripken Jr. and Tony Gwynn. We stopped the game in the fifth inning. Uh, but see, look, the commissioner of baseball put a podium out there in the third base line to honor Cal and honor Tony. It was their final year in the big leagues to honor their Hall of Fame careers. Uh, and the American League won, by the way, 4-1, and Cal Ripken Jr. hit a home run. <laughs> you know, so uh, the world of baseball comes to our city you know, this year as it did two other years in 79 and 2001. And we get to see our stars, and it's a great, great exhibition for the fans. It's for the fans and to promote the game of baseball, and it's one of the greatest events in the history of sports. Yeah, and first, in that 2001 game, obviously it's going to mean more in Seattle, but everywhere. It was just a special memory. Do you yeah. have, whether it's that one or another one, do you have a favorite all-star game that sticks out to your mind? Maybe when you were a kid or maybe yeah. maybe in professional life well, as well? it was 2001 because Nico was the first time I sat in the stands and watched a game, hmm. you know, since I got into broadcasting 49 years ago. And then this year I'll be sitting in the stands right over here with my son who wants wow. to watch the game. So it'll be the second time in almost 50 years I'm going to be a fan. So 2001 was really special because I saw Vladimir Guerrero break his bat and almost hurt uh, Tommy Lasorda, <laughs> coach at third base. He went, you know, backwards and fell down. It was kind of funny. Glad he wasn't hurt, though. Right. You know, but it was a great event, and this, this place was packed, and it was so much fun. The American League won. Callis had hit that home run. But I remember 1983, my first year, watching the game on television, and Matt Young was our all-star representative. And he had a great inning in relief. I think he struck out Johnny Bench, struck out another guy, and had a scoreless 1-2-3 inning. And it was played at uh, Comiskey Park mm. in Chicago. And uh, I think Freddie Lynn hit a Grand Slam home run. It was the first Grand Slam ever in the history of the All-Star game off of Antley Hammaker, who was a great pitcher at the time for the Giants. So I remember being so excited for that one because it was in Chicago. My first year in Seattle I was watching in my little apartment in Bellevue, and Matt Young did really, really well. I was so proud of him. So that one kind of stands out for me. 79, seeing the highlights when the game was played at the Kingdom, and Dave Parker made the great throw to throw out Brian Downing trying to score from home plate, and the whole world knew how great the Cobra was, Dave Parker of the Pittsburgh Pirates. There's always something that happens. The 71 game at Tiger Stadium in Detroit, where there were like 23 Hall of Famers on both sides. And Reggie Jackson at the home run at Old Tiger Stadium hit the transformer above the roof <laughs> in right center field, I believe off of Doc Ellis. But uh, there's always something special in an All-Star game. Uh, we saw Julio Rodriguez as a rookie last year in the All-Star game last year in the home run derby, which he did a great job. So uh, I, I guarantee you something very special is going to happen in this year's All-Star game right here at T-Mobile Park. You know, and my favorite part about that, you get to watch with your son. Yes. That's so special. Yeah, I know. My son's 43 years old and really doesn't come out to many games. And, uh, you know, he said, Dad, I really want to come to the game. I said, you know, there's going to be 48,000 people there. He said, as long as I'm with you, I'm going to be all right. So uh, I get to enjoy it with my son. That's perfect. I yeah. try to do the Wednesday day games with my little guy. He's only 20 months old. Yeah. But it's just I can, even after 20 months, kind of appreciate some of that. And yeah. it's just a really special. It's going to be great. Well, Rick Riss. Nico. Thank you so much. You're it's welcome, always buddy. a pleasure when we Anytime, get to hang buddy. out. You know, it's Great funny because normally I feel really bad when I talk your ear off at the dugout, but this mm -hmm. was like work. I'm supposed to talk your ear off. Yeah. Like <laughs> and it was fun, wasn't it? We, we had a good time. He's awesome. So, so 
I appreciate it. Beautiful you, day out for baseball. Great talking baseball with you, buddy. Yeah, and I'll say it again. One of my favorite people in the whole world. Oh, man. Chris. You too. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Nico. Appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That was the great Rick Riz. You know, I said it a bunch when he and I were talking just a second ago, but he really is just one of the best people out there. And I know that Mariner fans especially feel that. Um, He's been on the job over 40 years. He's just ushered in so many eras of baseball, and he worked with the great Dave Niehaus, obviously. But he's just a genuinely good man. I mean, even just giving us this time uh, to chat about all things baseball during such a busy time. I'll give you one more story. I just didn't want to, like, <laughs> almost embarrass, not embarrass him. Obviously, that's not what I mean, but, like, uh, you know, with, but embarrass him with too many compliments, so to speak. Um, during the playoffs in Houston last year, uh, we're sitting in the media cafeteria. It's a long day. You got to eat. And I'm sitting down at one table. I see Rick a couple of tables over from me, almost like we were in the school cafeteria. And of course, my natural inclination is to go talk to him. But I see that he's got the glasses on and he's, you know, looking at his notes. So I, I just decide to leave him be. I don't want to interrupt him, especially that research phase uh, before such a big game. That was before game two in the ALDS. And so he sees me then. And he weighs me over. And so I you know, pick up my food and walk over. And I said, hey, Rick, how you doing? And he, said, he looks at me. And he has a very serious look on his face. And he says, I want you to sit here next to me. And I want you to just listen. And at the moment, I thought maybe I did something wrong. Like, you know, you're, you're getting called to the principal's office or something. Um, but what he meant was he wanted me to listen f- to what happened next. And what happened next was a real who's who of baseball, um, at least for who was at that place, you know, all sorts of national media start coming over. When I say national media, uh, I'm talking about the TBS broadcast crew, which included, you know, former all-star Jeff Francoeur, and there were some other former major leaguers there as well. And they all sit down right around Rick. And they sat around Rick because they wanted to hear the stories. And that, and that's another, you know, in addition, just I love talking to the guy. That's why I wanted to have you have him on this podcast for you all. So you could hear the stories. The stories the man has are incredible. And he's gracious enough to share them with us all. And when I say with us all, it can even be people that were in the bigs, that were in the show, that reached the game's highest level, that experienced everything baseball has to offer. They want to hear what Rick went through. They want to hear from Rick Riz. And we are so lucky in Seattle that we get to hear him just about every game. He's, he's a Seattle treasure, but he's also a national baseball treasure. He is just unbelievable. And it's just, uh, that was a really cool experience for me. As we talked about, I've been you know working in Seattle two years, but it's been my dream to be here much longer than that. And so I knew who Rick Riz was much longer, way before he knew who I ever was. And I'll always remember that he, not just as I mentioned when he and I were talking that first time, uh, he took a few minutes to really get to know me, to talk about me, uh, or talk to me rather about 
life and I had just become a new dad and all these really special things. And every subsequent visit after that, he made sure that we had time to talk. And um, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the great Rick Riz. And that Houston story is another one. And this podcast you're listening to is another one. He is just he is just the best. And we're so lucky to have him. Um, we're so lucky also to, as we talked about with the all-star game coming up, well, what an, you know, what an awesome time. And listen, it's obvious. It's such an honor for Seattle to be hosting this. And, you know, it's been every 22 years. And the reality is that you're jumping ahead of the line when it's every 22 years, when you have 30 plus teams, right? You should think about that. That's pretty significant. And um, so it's a testament to Seattle. It's a testament to the Mariners. It's a testament to T-Mobile Park, you know, being over 20 years old now and still being a marquee venue that Major League Baseball wants to have its brightest showcase until the World Series at. I think that's really cool. Everybody knows about the Home Run Derby. Everybody knows about the All-Star Game itself. And uh, I love those jerseys, by the way. Those are so cool. But there's a lot more going on here. I want to run through some of the events you may have heard of some of these, but there's just it's a lot of really cool stuff. So I'll start with coming up with Friday. You've got the uh, high school All American game, 135 first pitch at T-Mobile Park, and that's really cool. You know, for those high school kids to be on the same stage as the Major League Baseball All Stars, and maybe some of these kids will be there on that All Star stage themselves one day. I mean, that's what's really cool about it is that you, you don't know who might be there one day as part of that festivity. And so in addition to that, though, what a really op- cool opportunity for them. And then this is a really awesome thing. I, I love what the nightcap is on Friday. It's the HBCU Swingman Classic, the historically black colleges and universities Swingman Classic. And what's really neat about this is Ken Griffey Jr., um, really spearheaded this effort to make this happen. And so what a perfect time to debut it than here in Seattle. And it's really great. I, I'm just excited for that. It's a 7.30 first pitch. It's going to be on Major League Baseball Network. Um, and it just really shines a light on, you know, especially some schools that in the sports world don't get the coverage they deserve. Um, not just nationally, but sometimes even within their own communities. And just it's just, so it's a cool endeavor. It's wonderful that they believe that Seattle is the place to launch it, not just because of Griffey's initiative, but just because of the way Seattle is. We embrace everything, and we embrace, you know, all these wonderful causes, and I think this is just going to be a great game, too. It's, it's going to be great baseball as well. So I'm really excited for Friday. By the way, tickets are $10. You can see an all-star game festivity for $10. I mean, think about that for just a second. That's so cool. You can be a part of the All-Star Game festivities for 10 bucks. I mean, that's just mind-blowing to me. I don't know. That's just me, maybe. I don't know. I hope it isn't. Um, some really cool things coming up Saturday as well. That's when the Play Ballpark opens, so that's at Lumen Field. And what's really cool about that is you can kind of go throughout the week. Like, it opens uh, Saturday, uh, but it goes Sunday, it goes Monday, it goes Tuesday. The weekend day, Saturday and Sunday, it's open 10 a.m. to 8. And um, if you're not entirely sure what it is, it's basically you can go to Lumen Field and you can catch a fly ball. You can do your own personal home run derby. I would imagine on a simulator. (laughs) But it's just a really cool baseball experience. You don't have to be a baseball diehard to enjoy it. Um, 
And then also Saturday, you have the All Stars. You have the Futures game. I, mean, I don't want to skip that. I mean, that's not the Triple A like the All Star game. It's not that. It's the Futures. So like Harry Ford, the Mariners super prospect. That's a couple levels below the bigs. He'll be there, and that's really cool. Um, you have the All Star Celebrity Softball game. That's going to be really cool. You've seen this a lot of times, right? Like you've seen the celebrities playing softball. Um, I know Philip Krubauer is hoping to be there. <laughs> But some of the, you know, Donovan Mitchell from the Cleveland Cavaliers is playing in this. King Felix will be there. Chloe Kim. The Olympic snowboarder will be there. Joe McCall. So uh, there's some pretty big names here. And you get to see them play softball at our park. And then Sunday, you've got the Major League Baseball draft. That's actually at Lumen Field. Um, I think that's really cool. That What a move by MLB to just make this all-star week just a whole celebration of baseball. And that you got this all-star week encompassing the usual things, the celebrity softball game. Like, yeah, of course, like the NBA does a celebrity game too. Like we saw DK Metcalf score like 20 points in that last year, right? But, you know, you've got – they're even incorporating the draft into it as well. And, well, and kind of a no-brainer, right? Because they used to do the draft in June, and why not just do it a month later, give your guys time to scout through the College World Series, and then have it be a part of the festivities of all-star week. I love that. So I'm really pumped about this the whole week. Um, you know, even uh, obviously the home run derby is Monday. Uh, no description needed. You know it's awesome. Julio Rodriguez is going to be there as well. And he'll be actually the first Mariner to compete in back-to-back years in that event since Griffey. So there's that. <laughs> and then Tuesday, what's really cool, obviously it's the game. And that's at 4 o'clock. But earlier in the day at 11 a.m., they're going to do an actual red carpet like walk like you'd see it at a Hollywood award show. And that's actually going to be um, – really special to see so i think it's um it's a showcase of seattle and rick and i were just talking about how this is a baseball city um you know i just think that's really cool i just think it's a an opportunity you you can't save a lifetime because it's been every 22 years but it's you know 22 years is a long time (laughs) and so enjoy it and and not everybody can go to the All-Star Game in the Home Run Derby. We get it. It's just not in the cards for everybody. But you know what? There are a lot of other cool events like the Play Ball Park or like the HBCU Swingman Classic. Ten bucks to get in the ballpark. Like There are opportunities for anybody and everybody in every walk in life, should they so choose, to enjoy this thing. And that's what it's for. It's for us to really love our baseball place. And... We we know that we have a special baseball community here in Seattle. We know we saw this place last October, right? It was just off the wall. I'll never forget Game 3 of that ALDS, not just because it went 18 innings, but, you know, um, because the crowd was amazing, and it was just a really cool atmosphere. That That's what's special about baseball here. And uh, I, I'm, for one, you know, listen, I get to cover it. It's a cool thing, but... Um, I just think it's one of those things that nobody involved, whether you're an observer, whether any of the athletes that are a part of it, um, are ever going to forget. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, Monday is what they do for their media day. And basically, that's a fancy word of saying all the all-stars will be there and we can ask them questions for you. And we're going to bring you some really cool stuff from there. So let's hope not only that we get a great all-star time, but as, as Rick and I were alluding to, that we can... Maybe have some something special here right down the stretch for the Mariners. I don't think these guys are done yet. I think, I think that, listen, we're past the halfway point. 
you are not in the spot that you wished or hoped you would be. But there's a lot of baseball left to be played. As Rick mentioned, 13 games back in August of 95. I'm not saying that that's going to happen this year. I'm not even saying last year's 14-game win streak is going to happen on the other side of the break. What I'm saying is there's always just been something unique about this team. Um, It's going to be on display with our baseball city at the All-Star Game. Let's see, let's see, let's see what happens. I want to give one more thanks to Rick Riz for joining us. Um, We have a lot of fun on the Como Sports End Zone. And as we kind of ramp up, summer's a slow time um, all around. And I don't mean in the sports world because we've got Mariners, Sounders, Rain, you know, all the cracking free agency. So we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm talking about people take vacations, people relax, and they enjoy it before we get that rain for about four months in a row starting in November. Maybe six. I was being nice. <laughs> um, but we'll be, you know, we'll be ramping up the podcast, and we're going to do special editions this summer. Uh, you may remember two weeks ago we had KJ Wright. Now we're bringing on the great Rick Riz, and certainly this will continue. We'll bring on guests. But uh, Rick is a personal favorite of mine, as you heard me say it like 30,000 times. Um, and I genuinely mean that one of the best people you will ever meet, and we are so lucky to have him here in Seattle. We're so lucky to have the All-Star Game here in Seattle. I hope you all enjoy it. Hey, we've got full team coverage coming up on Como News. Just watch it throughout this All-Star stuff. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. And uh, I'm just uh, honored, quite frankly and honestly, to, to just uh, bring you a glimpse of it in, in the way that we do here at Como News. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, hey, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah. Let's uh, see how this all-star stuff goes, and let's hope we're doing another one of these with Rick Riz in October. What do you say? Take care, everybody.